This is the Alpaca Podcast for all things alpaca. If you're an owner, a soon-to-be owner, a want-to-be owner, or are just alpaca mad or love the fleece, welcome to the Alpaca Tribe. I'm Steve Hetherington. Hi, Steve here, and welcome to the podcast for alpaca people. I have welcomed you so many times. Do you know, today, this episode is number 200. Wow, 200. That's a big number, isn't it? (laughs) I think it's a big number. So today is slightly different from normal. What I wanted to do was to share with you some of my favourite parts of episodes. I hope you enjoyed them. If you've got an episode that you'd like to hear again, do let me know. It's steve at alpacatribe.com. Or if you've got any comments or anything you'd like to tell me, that would be great too. Steve at alpacatribe.com. Yeah, so let's have a listen to a few of these clips. Now, this episode is longer than normal because where do you draw the line? Where do you cut? How do you cut bits out? (laughs) That, that you like everything of it, but you have to. So I shall do my best to give you some highlights, but also enough. And I'm going to indulge myself. So I hope you will allow me that on this 200th episode. So thanks for being here. Thanks for being with me on the journey. So, so appreciated. You've no idea. So thank you. First up, where else could we start but episode one? This is the first episode of the new Alpaca Tribe podcast. If I told you that there is an Alpaca Tribe, would you want to be part of it? The good news is that you probably already are. Over the years, I've noticed that some people in particular get alpacas. They connect more than other people. Sure, everyone likes alpacas and their cute career, but for some people it goes deeper. I call it the alpaca gene, and if you have it, you are already part of the alpaca tribe, but just didn't know it. In recognition of this, we are creating an online gathering place where alpaca people can feel connected and that they belong. It will be for all things alpaca, so not just for owners and breeders, or people who run alpaca businesses, but for everyone who wants to be around others who are passionate about alpacas. Those who are alpaca mad, you know who you are. The aims of the Alpaca Tribe are firstly to promote healthy and happy alpacas. Secondly, to encourage confident, fulfilled owners. Thirdly, to help people achieve sustainable alpaca businesses. Fourthly, to help people use the fleece they harvest from the animals. Fifthly, to provide a place for alpaca enthusiasts to feel at home. For people with only a few alpacas, it's easy to feel isolated and unsure how to improve your care for your alpacas and get the kind of satisfaction you hoped for when you first started. We'll be sharing ideas, tips and suggestions for you through this podcast and we'll be interviewing people from a wide range of alpaca-related areas. We aim to be entertaining and share knowledge that will be useful and make you think. Let us know if we can cover something you particularly need. And next up we have episode 27. Alpacas as a metaphor for life. What do you want to be when you grow up? 
I guess we've all been asked that question. Well, as I look around, I realise I'm now in the top slice of my family generations, and I'm asking a different question. Where are all the grown-ups? Life has a habit of adding unexpected twists and turns. You do the best you can, but it's often not how you imagined it was going to be. Sometimes worse. Often better. When I was a child, my answer to the what-do-you-want-to-be question was usually a vet. How little I knew. Now, I mean absolutely no disrespect to vets, but in my case, it was fueled by a desire to have as little to do with people and as much to do with animals as possible. What I hadn't appreciated is that vets spend most of their time dealing with people and doing lots of not-so-nice things to animals. For their benefit, of course. The romantic and unrealistic thoughts of a ten-year-old. Anyway, somehow the twists and turns resulted in living in a valley in South Wales, growing a herd of alpacas. Who could have known? I met my first alpaca online. Well, not quite true. We used to walk our dogs in the woods, and one day spotted through the binoculars some strange long-necked creatures a few fields away. I think they were alpacas. I've mentioned before that my wife's subtle hints to me about alpacas went unheeded for a long time until she prevailed upon me to take a look at a website. It was clear we needed to see them, and when we visited it was clear we wanted to make room for them in our lives and in our valley. Eyes that met across a crowded field. One female alpaca in particular caught our attention, and from the first moment was on our wish list. Such bearing, such presence, and such depth behind the eyes. We were hooked. Hermione is a fine example of a good alpaca. Now getting on a bit, she's done as well as part of our foundation herd of five pregnant females. I have as many favourites as I have alpacas, but some favourites are just more favourite than others. How often, when you're watching a group of alpacas, do you suddenly realise that it is you that is being watched? I want to tell you three tales of some favourites, all beginning with M. Millie. Millie is a black 13-year-old matriarch, She's a leader. I hesitate to say the leader, but she may be that as well. When Millie arrived with Creer at foot, she assessed the situation quickly and started to fit right in. There's a gate in the corner of the field that feeds up into a path through the trees, which ultimately leads to another field with the promise of fresh grass and new vistas. All out of sight. Millie, on the first occasion I opened the gate after her arrival, assumed the me-first position and led the herd down the path to the new pasture. Follow me, although she had no idea where she was going, at least that first time. Now she still assumes that role of leader and the herd will follow her lead, down the path, out around the lake, away from the stables, wherever they're going. And if she's not at the front... 
when I open the gate. The others kind of hang around, going, oh, not sure what to do now. Until she arrives, walks through them, and leads them on down the path. Millie the Matriarch Megan is my second M. She is number one. The first one born here in the valley. Our textbook delivery of eleven o'clock on a sunny day, under the trees just in front of the house. Her dam had been keeping us on our toes for a couple of weeks with false alarms. We had read the books, been on the course, understood what to expect, but not when to read true significance into a tail being lifted or a poo pile being visited. Eventually we were right, and Megan made a safe, welcome, and definite arrival into the valley, and our herd, and our hearts. She has always been something of a one-off. My wife, Sue, has a particular and special relationship with her. As Sue enters the field where Megan is, Megan makes a bee-line, or should that be alpaca line, towards her, and they have a little nose-to-nose catch-up time. Best friends are hard to come by and are definitely worth cultivating. Megan doesn't greet me in quite the same way, but, to be fair, does more than tolerate me, but has a definite stare and measuring look about her. Our third M is Maya, the lost career. One morning, much like every other morning, I put out breakfast for the girls to get them busy outside, and then entered the stable to muck out. Imagine my surprise on finding there was an afterbirth on top of the poo pile. Logic dictates there must be a creer and a mum who had just given birth. No sign of either. So, I did a quick tour of the area, checking for creer, and then started lifting tails to see if anyone looked like they'd just given birth. Not very elegant, but I was becoming a little anxious. Nothing obvious, so I resumed my search in the stable, and there, there was a small white head, just above the height of the hay-rack which hangs on hurdles. She was in the middle, cushed, and I could see no way she could have manoeuvred herself into that position, tucked in behind as she was. So I carefully picked her up and brought her out. No sign of a mum anywhere, so I went round offering the baby to noses in turn. Suddenly, Owenna remembered something. What are you doing with my baby? Food now forgotten, she insisted I hand little Maya over. I immediately put her down and allowed the bonding process to begin. Unfortunately, Maya sat down and Owenna thought I was standing too close and she advanced to move me back totally unaware that she was standing on her baby, who she was trying to protect. Owenna is a big girl, and doesn't always seem to be able to judge where her feet are. Anyway, little Maya survived the trampling, and she and Mum gradually worked things out. I did have problems almost every time I fed them, though. Owenna kept forgetting she had a baby for a while, and then suddenly remembered and went off panicked. Baby! I've got a baby! Where is she? The emotional scarring that can arise from being left outside a shop by a new mother did not seem to traumatise little Maya too much. I've learnt a lot over the last twelve years, taught to me by those who don't speak my language. Alpacas. A metaphor for life. 
So what have I learned? Millie. Millie has taught me that you don't always have to know where you are going in order to lead. Sometimes just stepping up and being the leader you are is enough. Megan has taught me to make good friends. You're going to need them and they will need you. There's only one Megan. There's only one you. Maya has taught me that as important as it is, don't always put food or your feet first. Know what is important and stick to it. I didn't know that I had a shepherd in me until we had alpacas. What do you not know that's in there waiting to be expressed? The journey continues by keeping your eyes and ears open, growing relationships and having the posture of always learning. Alpacas may not be your metaphor for life, but they certainly are mine. But maybe I've made you think enough to find your own metaphor for your journey through life. And maybe that could be alpacas. Next up, we have episode 97, Be More Alpaca. Yes, we've heard of Be More Pirate, and some of us have encountered Be More Camel. But what about being more alpaca? On a day when the final outcome of collective decisions that will affect the whole world is probably not yet clear, I thought a light-hearted invitation to be more alpaca might be rather attractive. After all, alpacas are calm. They rarely rush around and their gentle disposition soothes those in their vicinity. Graceful. They are such beautiful creatures you can't help but smile when you see them. Distinctive. Don't be fooled by their cute appearance. They have colourful individual personalities. Shrewd. They weigh up the situation and carefully consider the options. Hardy. They're adaptable and cope well with the cold, though Welsh damp sometimes goes too far. Inquisitive. They're curious and interested in what's going on around them. Nothing gets past them. Inclusive. How they look out for each other, especially for the youngsters, is heartwarming. We've had our alpacas here in the valley for over 12 years. We've learned a vast amount in caring for these beautiful creatures, and in return, they have enriched our lives hugely. Would you like to be more calm? While this applies to all of them, well, okay, most of them, Haney's a great example. She's a lovely dark fawn female who looks at you from a distance, but is also happy to stand around a bit closer. Laid back is a great description for her, and also for her friend Talia, who often seems to disappear into the group, so you hardly notice her. But she's always watching, but happy not to rush around. Be more alpaca. Be calm. How would you like to be more graceful? I think we all dream of this, graceful and with poise and bearing, like a ballet dancer with optional tutu. This would be Hermione, elder states alpaca, who stands with presence and bearing. Our first sighting of her in the field captured our heart. She also stands and stares, but is so clearly graceful in the way she moves, even if her old bones means it's a little slower than it used to be. That seems familiar. Owenna, 
Our Lodge Brown dreams of being graceful, but is large, and sometimes is oblivious to where her front feet are, standing on and in buckets, or even on her firstborn Crea, who was just in front of her, and who Awena felt needed protecting from me. <laughs> well, mind you, she can do a lovely balancing act on her hind legs to reach those high tree leaves the others just can't get to. Lovely brown eyes to go with her brown fleece. Definitely graceful and alpaca are two words that belong together. Be more alpaca. Be more graceful. How would you like to be more distinctive? Perhaps you are more inclined to be outstanding rather than retiring. Seren, daughter of Nia, springs to mind as distinctive, mainly due to the brown spot in the middle of her face. The brown patch Nia has on her rump she passed on to her daughter, Seren. That's a Welsh name that means star. The dark fawn splurge landed right in the middle of her face and made her such a distinctive career. Everyone's favourite on farm visits. The colour was on her nose, but almost like a splash of paint, it travelled through, giving her ginger eyebrows, painting her eyelids and touching the base of her ears. Very fetching, and certainly distinctive, at least when she lifts her head from grazing. Another distinctive feature Seren has is the ability to lift her leg a little higher and to be able to kick out more to the side than most alpacas. You think you're stood in a safe place next to her, but no, not at all. Mind you, I had just stuck a syringe full of penicillin in her muscle, so she was not best pleased, and wanted me to move away now, please. Amelia also springs to mind as a distinctive... There are so many of them. They are just so distinctive. But Amelia, she is very distinctive. And she's a sweetie. She stands, she dances, and stands broadside, (laughs) trying to be as big as she can. But she's quite petite. She's, well compact but she's got a lovely lovely attitude and she's very protective of the others but she just she does come and stand and look at you so be more alpaca be more distinctive how would you like to be more shrewd alpacas have that way of watching you and weighing you up discerning your intentions and ready to respond to your least movement and body shift they know when they are the center of your attention and they prefer not to be. Little Dit, Ellie's career of this summer. Delightful, but mischievous face. She doesn't miss a thing, and is always on alert, ready to jump sideways or dance up the bank, away from me. She likes her food. But for some alpacas, that's the ultimate bribe. Hunneth? No, she expects to be served, but she won't pay for it with letting you within half a metre. Occasionally, she's distracted enough, but if you take advantage... She'll only give you one chance at each feeding time. She makes maximum use of the corner of her eye and slight head turn to watch your every move, which I was talking about last week. Trusting, but never with her guard fully down. Be more alpaca. Be more shrewd. How would you like to be more hardy? Out in all weathers and always on task. Whether it's chewing the cud or grazing or emptying the food bucket, Enough fleece to keep comfortable, it doesn't matter what the weather's doing, or where her baby is. Grass is for grazing, and this is my job. That sums up Ellie perfectly. Steady and determined, she has an air of being part of the group, but still independent. Gentle and caring, with little dit. 
She's also been giving career lessons of fending for yourself, and often they're not actually together, though they do meet up at regular intervals. Perhaps that's why Hunneth, Little Dit, and Carwin are such fast friends and share the feed bowl so readily. Rain is little deterrent for alpacas, though they will run for cover if it suddenly starts raining heavily or hail starts bouncing around on the ground. We've had a bit of practice with that recently. This last week has been quite wild. Stargazers by nature, cold nights are easy. And being out in the field, leaving distinct patches of grass free from frost, is only to be expected from these beautiful, soft-fleeced animals who dream of the Altiplano, the high plains of the Andes. Be more alpaca. Be more hardy. How would you like to be more inquisitive? It features in the Can't Help Themselves list. Alpacas have insatiable curiosity and inquisitiveness, bordering on being nosy. Visitors to their car park will regularly have their cars checked over and sniffed from bonnet to boot, or trunk for our friends from across the pond. I always worry they might pull something off, but they're not as destructive as baboons in safari parks, thankfully. Every pile or plant put down anywhere they can reach, is considered to be placed specifically for them. Kriya are fascinated by their new worlds, especially during the first few weeks. Birds. Think wagtails by the lake. So attractive. Chickens strutting around. Movements on the hillside. Unfamiliar sounds. An open gate. Or a broom stood up next to the fence. All are irresistible to an alpaca. What about you? I know that they are unlikely to be the triggers to provoke your interest, but something surely would. Be more alpaca. Be more inquisitive. How would you like to be more inclusive? Alpacas are such strong herd animals. They just love being together and get stressed when they can't be. I know, for many, the current pandemic and the restrictions in our getting together, has a lot of us feeling the same way. As well as alpacas in general, they have a strong sense of both family and friends. Occasionally, if one is unwell or injured, they may have to be confined to a stable. This does not go unnoticed, and there will be a steady processing of alpacas coming and putting their heads over the stable door to check on them. Of course, they could be just checking to see that they're not missing out on something tasty, But the interesting thing is that it's particularly the offspring, or the mothers, of the sick alpaca who come first to visit, together with those they are close to as friends. Functioning as a herd, they also are affected as a group if one is sick or even dies. When there are babies around, the kriya are protected and minded by aunties as well as mothers. The group is primary for alpacas, and maybe for us too. Be more alpaca. Be more inclusive. And the final clip is from episode 117. Breakfast with the girls. So we're just coming down to give the girls breakfast this morning. (laughs) It's a lovely picture here. Surely drinking from a puddle. I was told when we first engaged with alpacas that they really like clean water and that they'd rather go thirsty than drink 
dirty water. Well, it's not really dirty water, it's just water that's in the mud. She's working from foot imprint to foot imprint and sucking out the water. They're nice. So they've been down in the field at the end and they saw me coming, so they've all come back to the stable. Hello, how are you, little one? You really? Really? She's a bit of a talker, this one. Her name's Huneth, but we always call her Dit, which is a Welsh word which means small. <laughs> and she is small. She might grow over time, but she comes from compact stock. So, hello. Yeah, how are you this morning? All right, this is the Van Wee. Hello, sweet one. How are you? Hello. She always seems to have hay on her back. I don't know where she stands. Oh, no, no, Megan, don't spit at me, thank you. They're all gathered by the door, so I've got to squeeze, squeeze past them. They've given up moving these days. Now steady down. There you go. Yeah, yeah, we'll just take a quick clean up and then we'll get the food out. So they've given up moving, I have to walk around them. <laughs> Usually, I have to squeeze past them. I guess that's a good sign. It doesn't show a lot of respect, but it does show that they're very trusting and don't mind having me around. Hey, steady, steady. <laughs> Somebody's standing too close behind Millie. Trouble is, she's facing my direction if she spits. So I remember the first walking up to the field. Excited, but slightly nervous. <laughs> Going into a field with alpacas for the first time. And I'm looking at the one, she's just across the way from me now. Hermione is just lovely. She's got amazing eyes. She's had such a presence about her in the field. And that was the thing that really caught our attention. Amazing, amazing eyes and the way she looks at you. And she was the one who caught her eye and we said, that's the one we want. <laughs> <laughs> right from the first viewing, first seeing, we knew we wanted to include her in the group of animals that we bought. And we did. We were fortunate. So uh, she's done, well, she's just such a, she's a sweetie. Just so lovely. So the air is kind of full of, thanks, Nana, full of flies, basically. They're, and they're biting flies. I'm getting munched here as I'm standing here. And so we're early in the morning. I'm not sure it's going to get any better during the day. We need some air movement, really. Stir them around. They're kind of... Yeah. I need to catch one or two, don't I? Just see if I can work out. But they're, they're, they're little biting ones. They're kind of midges, but they're not midges. Certainly not the midges that you get in Scotland. But it's early to be bothered by so many flies. Thankfully, they've all got their fleece on. At the moment, we haven't done the shearing yet. So they are being irritated, but not as much as they will be once the fleece is cleared off. So it's a challenge to know what we do. I'm thinking of breaking out the fly repellent, but they hate that as well. So perhaps I'll give some little puffs of that and just see if we can reduce the number of flies bothering them. Well, that actually went a little better than I was expecting. <laughs> we managed to get the spray on. I don't know. It's going to make that much difference. They're having a good old scratch still. Hmm. But Anne Harrod here, she's, she's coming and looking. See, what on earth is going on? He's talking. He's not giving us food. And she's just got so much fleece. She's got a very good coat, which is great. 
but it's quite built up around the legs and it, it, it does tend to get a bit fouled. Okay, so first part of breakfast finished. And they seem quite happy. I was saying I remember going up the, the field and meeting Hermione for the first time. It's a very strong memory. I was reflecting on it and just remembering it, going up to, to see the alpacas. I don't get the, the anxiety going to see the alpacas, but I do get the excitement still. I still love, it's a, just a really positive vibe <laughs> going up and, and spending time around the alpacas. They all came back yesterday from being out and I was feeding them in the evening. <laughs> We're all wet. <laughs> They'd obviously be in the water. Down the far end of the lake, we've got a, a bridge, and just in front of it is a, a, a little ford area, so I can get through with a tractor and the quad. And they all came back wet, so I think they'd been in the water. And that seems to be the easy access point, so I think that's where they'd been. And some of them had obviously sat down in it, so they were really soaking. But uh, very happy. And that's one of those things. They do like to be able to get access to water. We did her eyes the other day, and she's, she's looking like she's all fleeced up again. I don't know, perhaps it's dried. We need to, to trim off some more, I think. sneezes and babies talking. First time quite well, I spent a bit more time in the field around the, the alpacas and it was, it was just, I think, oh yes, I remember. friend come in yesterday they had very far distant interaction with them so that they came in with a car and some of the youngsters haven't really seen cars in the car park and they were fascinated they came over and had a really good look and check it out and they were they look at themselves in the mirror so the door mirror but they also looking at themselves reflecting off the glass of the car and it's just this thing. What is this thing? So they, they go and investigate, stand around it and hang around just in case. <laughs> they're very inquisitive and they're just kind of, well, we just hang around a bit and see if anything happens. So I hope you've enjoyed some tasters. That was, the uh, last one was me having breakfast with the girls. And uh, it wasn't this time of year because it was, you could hear the birds and you could hear the sunshine or almost, it felt like it. I remember it well, but uh, today has been so wet and so windy, goodness me, it has been awful. So it's a different time of year, a different season. But there we go. Hope you've enjoyed those explorations. Hope to see you again soon. And if you can, go spend some time with an alpaca. Bye for now. 
This is the Alpaca Tribe, and I'm Steve Hetherington. Have a great day.